Welcome to The Dirt Show, brought to you by Pulver Towing. And today we're going to hear from Modified Driver, Brian Hobbin. We're also going to hear from John McCorkle from Fairmont Raceway, Jeff Trimble from Trimble's Honda in Austin, Minnesota, and our old friend Speed the Sauce Man from Cookie's Barbecue Sauces and Seasonings, right after a few words from our sponsor. As the leading slat replacement professionals in the U.S., Altenburg Construction knows what works and what doesn't. Simply put, they understand your business. Altenburg Construction started in 1994 and has over 27 years of experience and has completed more than 5,000 hog and cattle barns in 14 states. Every customer is unique and every situation is different. That's why their employees are company trained. Trust the slat replacement professionals at Altenburg Construction. Give them a call, 888-435 or see altenburgconstruction.com. Celebrating 100 years of family-owned excellence, Pulver Towing will always be there for you. With multiple locations, an experienced staff, and quality customer service, Pulver Towing has emergency service available 24-7, and they work around the clock to offer towing, recovery, and roadside assistance to our communities. If you need them, call 507-282-3851. That's 507-282-3851. Pulver Towing, the premier towing experts. Transform your garage into an extension of your home with a custom finished floor by Garage Force. No matter how you use your garage, Garage Force has you covered. American made, backed by a lifetime warranty. Our professionally installed industrial grade coatings will protect your garage from anything life throws at it and makes cleanup a snap. More importantly, it's the unbelievable feeling you get each time you use your dream garage. Visit us online at garageforce.com. Call Todd at 651-387-9213. That's 651-387-9213. Your home is your sanctuary. The next time you need appliance service, invite someone in that will treat it that way. Sorensen's Appliance Service is locally owned with 15 years of experience. Sorensen's Appliance Service also has fully certified technicians who will leave your home as clean as they found it. If you want fast, efficient, and cleanly service, contact Sorensen's Appliance Service today, 256-7766. That's 256-7766. Founded by Jesse Olson in 2004, Medieval Chassis was formed to fulfill a need for better engineered race cars. Medieval Chassis' new state-of-the-art facility has made it a leader in the stock car racing industry and multi-time national champions. The use of a fiber tube laser, CNC tube bender, and flat laser allows Medieval Chassis to engineer and produce a chassis that exceeds all others in performance and adjustability. Find out more today at MedievalChassis.com. Shevland Enterprises, your locally owned and operated sanitation and recycling service, offers the highest quality garbage removal and trash pickup services at great rates. Commercial, residential, construction and industrial trash removal and recycling in Owatonna and the surrounding areas in Dodge and Steel Counties. Shevlin Enterprises also specializes in roll-offs and dumpster. Contact Chris and his staff today for small town service at a small town price. 528-9900. That's 528-9900. Buyers Engine Service of Rochester opened its doors in 1975. Hi, this is Corey. Since 1975, we've been offering complete engine machining services and assembly. From flatheads to big blocks, Wide blocks to drag race engines, street rods to pulling tractors. Fire's engine service offers complete dyno service. So if your race car, or street car, is little <laughs> under the hood, trust the place who's been there since 1975. Contact Fire's engine service at 507-282-5586. Hey. 
Dave from Seaver Smile, VP Racing Fuel, and you're listening to the Driver Segment on the Dirt Show. Welcome back to the Driver Segment here on the Dirt Show, and it is my pleasure today to be joined by modified driver Brian Hobbin. And Brian, first night out in your brand new SSR modified, you picked up the win at Fiesta City in Montevideo on Friday night. You have to be happy with the new car and getting off to a great start. Yeah, yep. No, uh, Friday night went really good for us. Um, we worked out a couple things in the heat race. The brakes weren't quite working like I, I wanted them to, and we got that situated for the feature. And, uh, no, right out of the box, uh, we didn't have to make a whole lot of adjustments, and that's always a positive, I guess. So we we had a good good starting spot, uh, starting outside pole there, and, we got got a good jump and got out to the lead, and we had uh, three or four cautions there, and we, we were able to pull away each time, so it was a good night. You think back over your racing career, you seem to have a knack for picking up wins in brand-new race cars. Yeah, no, um, ever seems like ever since we made the switch to SSR with Jake Hartung, our program has got a little better. He builds some really good, fast modifieds, and uh, me and him work good together, and uh, it's, a, it's a good combination. Last Saturday night, you were back at Viking Speedway in Alexandria. Night two on the new car didn't seem to go as well. No, no. It, it, it started off good in the feature. We were leading it early on there, and then uh, we had a restart there, and... Uh, the second place guy got a, got around us, and uh, I was actually passing him back, but uh, the yellow came out, and then after that it kind of went downhill from there. We we restarted on the bottom behind the leader, and the bottom line just kind of got bottled up there. And uh, I think time I got into one, we were back in fifth, and uh, just couldn't really do much at that point. We got back to fourth, and then with about four laps to go, I clipped the handfield tire and spun out, and that kind of ended our night. Let's talk a little farming. You are all done planting. Tell fans a little bit about your operation. Well, I, yeah, I I farm 600 acres, and then I work for another farmer just down the road from ours, and uh, that farm farms 4,000 acres. And, uh, no, this, this spring went really good for us once we got in the field i think we we knocked the corn and soybeans out in two weeks there and now we're just doing our pre-emerge and uh doing some rolling and just getting caught up on the odds and ends stuff and uh we should be good to go now if you could get that every spring yeah exactly uh the last two springs have been pretty good to us but the spring before that, that was when we were really wet. That one, that one was a challenge. But uh, we, I think, we ended up getting everything in by. I think the last field was planted June first. Farming and racing have gone hand in hand since I was a kid. I remember many years when a track announcer would say, "This driver is not here tonight because he's planting or harvesting." The farming and racing schedule does seem to work really well together because once you get the crops in the field or out of the field, you're free to race. 
Yep, yep. And then this year it was even more of a challenge because we got our new car two weeks ago, and uh, we we had to put it together. So and we were extremely busy in the field. So we were we were scrambling for two weeks there, and uh, we got the car finished up couple nights before the opener there and I was pretty confident going into Friday just because I had time and to double check everything and I want to make sure everything's right before I hit the track so I I I felt pretty pretty confident going into Friday and uh you know and we we were fast right out of the out of the box there so that was that was good to good to see you started your career in karting what racing lessons did you learn from karting? Well, it, just keeping the you know car control a little bit and uh, throttle control, and just keeping the car you know keeping the car under underneath you, and uh, it all helps if you can start out in go karts and then work your way up to the big cars. And I, I moved up to the B mods when I was fifteen and race that until I think it was 2012. And then now I've been in the modified class since 2013 and uh, really, really enjoying the class. Where did you run carts and what were the local tracks in your area? I mainly ran Alexandria and then we would go over to Atwater once in a while and Cedar Mills were kind of the main tracks. We didn't travel a whole lot when I was go-karting. Back in that era when you were running carts, your dad owned a late model. What was it like for you growing up around your dad's race team? Well, yeah, he he had a race team, late model, from I think it was like 80 till about 91 until I was born. And then he kind of got out of racing for a while. And then he owned a Midwest Modified about three years before I started. And uh, Dallas Galbranson drove that. So then, yeah, that that taught me a lot with the race car side of it. And uh, I think it just helped me once I got got going racing. In 2007, when you started your B-Mod racing career at age 15, how did that opportunity come about? Um, well, yeah, they, Wissota had just changed the age limit to 15, so that, that allowed me to, uh, jump into Midwest Modified, and I was, you know, I was ready to try something new, kind of get all the go-karts, and, uh, my dad had, had the Midwest Modified there, so we had a car sitting there, so I hopped in there, and away we went. You hate to leave a good car set. <laughs> exactly. Has your dad always been a big part of your race team, and is he still involved to this day? Yep, yep. Yeah, he's he's a big help. Uh, he's been in racing his whole life, and uh, yeah, he 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 helps me out a lot. He's it, it's kind of a good combination. He. He's good with engines and stuff, so I, I kind of let him take care of that part, and then I, I worry about the suspension and just everything else that goes with it. So, Is there a meaning behind your number six? Uh, well, I was, when I was growing up, I was a big Mark Martin fan, so I guess that's kind of where, where it came from.
You finished up your BMOD career in 2011 and 2012 with two great seasons. What do you remember most about those two final seasons in the BMODs? Well, yeah, the last year we raced a lot. I think we raised 72 shows, and we ended up third in national points. We had 30, 30 wins, and we ended up third in national points. I think Travis Sauer, Corey Crasper, me, and Dan Ebert were all really, really good that year. And uh, after that, uh, I just told my dad, that's, let's just move up and uh, try something new and uh, get out of the BMA deal. But... No, that was that was a really good year. I think I I won the race of champions at the Wasota 100. That was neat, and we won a lot of big big shows that year, and uh, we we had a lot of fun. So it wasn't a hard decision to give up the B mods and move to an A mod in 2013. No, ultimately I that was the class I wanted to be in is the modified. Just having that little extra horsepower and the four-bar suspension and stuff, that that's where I kind of wanted to be. And uh, after running, you know, B-Mod for for quite a, quite a bit there, was, I just felt like it was probably time just to move up. The biggest differences you noticed were the horsepower. Did the four-bar suspension make you a better setup person? Well, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know... The B mod is a three link, and then the modified is a four link. So you know, there's a lot, a lot more that goes with the four link, and there's a lot, a lot more changes you can do with the race car. So yeah, it takes a lot more, more setup. And uh, the modified class seems like it changes every single year. These chassis builders, they're just, they're coming out with new stuff every single year. So it's really hard to, you can fall behind pretty quick. So you just you got to stay on top of everything in the modified class, it seems like. And it also takes some patience because I've seen some really good A-Mod drivers really frustrated, and they figure out they have one bar in the wrong hole after the car doesn't work for like two nights, and that is frustrating. Yep, exactly. I think everybody kind of goes and streaks throughout the year. And, uh, you know, and tires are a big deal. You know, you got to make sure your stagger's right all the time and just make sure, you know, you don't got anything bent on the car. And you got to pretty much go over the car every week just to make sure it's 100% right. You're a multi-time track champion at Madison Speedway. That track really seems to fit your driving style. Yep. No, I, I really enjoy racing over in Madison. I think it suits me well. It's a three A's high bank track, and uh, I've always ran really good over there. And Troy does a good job, really consistent. You know, most nights it's going to be smooth and dry slick, and that's typically how I like the track, so it fits me well. Running the high side going into turn four at Madison Speedway can be treacherous. Even Troy mentioned it when I had him on the show a couple weeks ago that it can really bite you if you're not aware of what's coming. Yeah, yep, exactly. And fortunately, I haven't haven't hit the wall coming off four yet. That can do some damage. But, yeah, you want to be careful coming off, off four there for sure. A race that really impressed me, we were at the Madtown Showdown last fall. 
the track look like a sheet of glass for the A-Mod feature, and you did a heck of a job getting your modified around there for the win. Yeah, no, that was that's always a fun show at the at the end of the year. They they started doing that I think four or five years ago now, and it draws a lot of cars and draws a lot of new cars. So it's always fun to race with a good field of cars there at the end of the year. And uh, we were we were fortunately you know to get get out front there and hold a good pace. And that was my first mad town showdown win so that that was that was fun you won the 2018 track championship at kra speedway in wilmer over don Ishans. when you look at the talent that swings into that track on any given thursday night it is amazing to get a win there is really tough yeah yep and kra is a fun fun racetrack, and uh, 2018, we were running KRA, Monty, and Madison full-time there, and uh, we, we had a lot of fun that year. That was the first year with the SSR, and we were we were running really good, and about halfway through, we were, I think we were like fifth in national points or whatever, so we, we figured on just keep running those three tracks and see where we ended up, and I think we, we ended up fourth at the end of that deal. And, uh, no, I, I'd like to get back to Wilmer sometime here. We got a little girl, she's two and a half now, and we got another one on the way. So we've kind of just stuck with two nights a week now and running Monty and Madison close to home. Having a lot of fun is an understatement. In 2018, you picked up track championships, KRA Speedway, Fiesta City Speedway, and Madison Speedway, and you also picked up the Minnesota State Points Championship. What a tremendous season. Yeah, it it sure was. And being the first year, that was the first year we switched to the SSR race car, and that was, you know, really, really fun year. And uh, I hadn't made the top 10 in national points to that point. I at least wanted to do it once, and to get fourth was really cool, and to uh, win the state points was was a good deal, too, and hopefully we can keep having some good years here. I-94 Speedway, you look at the talent that runs there week in and week out. One of the heat races you were in, Brady Gertis, Dan Ebert, Don Ishans, Zach Johnson, and yourself. And there were two other loaded heats that night. To get a win there is super tough. It is, yep. Last year we ran I-94 every week, being that money didn't open up. And uh, I think every week we had 25 to 30 modified there, and I think everyone could have won the feature there. And uh, we we had some good runs there. We We never did get a win there. We were close a couple times. But you know, it was it was a good year. It was it was fun racing against you know some of the really fast guys around the country, and yeah, it was fun. You've also done some traveling, like the Amsoil Speedway Border Battle. What is your favorite track outside your typical race area? I would say we went to uh, Jamestown Speedway in North Dakota. Um, I think it was my last year in the B mods. And they had a B-Mod special there. And we made the trek over there for four and a half hours. And 
that was a really fun track over there. We happened to win that deal. I think I started 12th to, you know, my first time being there and stuff. And that's a fun, fun racetrack. It also makes a track a lot more fun when you park it in Victory Lane. <laughs> exactly, yep. <laughs> How much excitement does your daughter, Ava, add to the race team? She seems to really enjoy the race experience already. She does, yeah. Last Friday she had a blast, and that's what I look forward to is just seeing her enjoyment at the races and stuff. That's always really cool to see, and, you know, I think as the year goes on, she's going to pick up on more and more things. And She likes rolling tires around already, and she'll try to run the impact a little bit, and she really enjoys her races, so that that's cool to see. When you have the support of your dad, your wife, your daughter, what a great family experience when you head out to the track. It is, yep. I look forward to uh, many nights with the family, and we don't really fish or do anything else. We, you know, racing is kind of our thing, and we enjoy it a lot. With all of the racing and all of the wins that you already have under your belt during your career, you can't do it all alone without some help in a shop and also some great sponsors. Yeah, yep. I got to thank my dad and mom for sure. My wife, Kyle Harth, he does all my tires, Dean Broing. And then as far as my sponsors go, Sweeters Ford, Wilbur Ellis, Heinrich Excavating, Four Bar G Farms, Goddess Seeds, Forest Crop Insurance, Midwest Power Sports, Piotr Construction, Dean's Plumbing, Laka Coolers, SSR Race Cars, Sour Power Race Engines. Cutting back to two nights a week, on racing, what are your goals for the 2021 season? Are you going to try to get two track championships, or are you gunning for some of the big dollar specials? I think the main focus is just trying to win as many races as we can. And uh, there, there, I think there is one special for Montevideo. They usually do one modified special, you know, and yeah, it'd be nice to win that deal. And then, of course, in Madison, the, the year-end deal, uh, the Matown showdown would be nice to get, pick up another win for that. and Yeah, just go have fun and try, try to win as many races as we can. Brian, thanks for your time and thanks for being with us here on the Dirt Show. And yeah, I hope to see you at the Madtown showdown in Madison in October and see you park it in Victory Lane again. That was an awesome night last season and thanks for being with us. Sounds good. Thank you. The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is located in Knoxville, Iowa, and is the only museum in the world that's solely dedicated to sprint car racing. Right now, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is featuring our Salute to Champion Greg Hodnett exhibit, featuring eight of the sprint cars Greg drove during his illustrious career. Plus, you'll see 12 Knoxville National winning race cars on display inside the museum and learn about the Knoxville National winning drivers that drove them to pass Nationals victories. That's all at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, open year-round, in Knoxville. Why choose powder coating over liquid paint finishes? Maximum durability. Extreme Powder Coatings offer a scientific process that uses heat to bake the colorful finish deep into your product. Extreme Powder Coatings can deliver multimedia blasting, impact-resistant epoxy primers, and super-durable powder coat applications to meet your needs. Visit ExtremePowderCoating.net for more information. Extreme 
Fast Shafts owner Pat Fagan is a racer himself and has been testing and building drive shafts for himself and teams all over the nation since 1992. Fast Shaft drive shafts are the number one carbon fiber, steel, chrome molly, and aluminum drive shaft builder for over 90% of the major modified chassis builders. Drive shafts, drive shaft repair, 9-inch forward center sections, slip yokes, rear end yokes, ring and pinions, bearings, spools, gears, shim kits, and more. Call Fast Shafts today. Made by racers for racers. 800-622-6617. Winning drivers rely on VP racing fuels to optimize performance. Now get the same benefit with VP Mattitives, offering race fuel technology for your daily driver. Increase fuel mileage and restore power to your streetcar with VP's fuel system cleaner. Or give your race car a boost with VP's Octanium, improving your fuel's octane by up to eight numbers and giving you the throttle response your performance car was built to deliver. That's VP Mattitives, available at your local AutoZone store or at vpracingfuels.com. Attention hay farmers, Rhino Egg now has a fast and easy way to handle the gathering, lifting, loading, and offloading of square hay bales using only one operator. The ACG-10 Acumia Grapple is the one tool you'll need to replace at least three or four teenagers throwing bales. Save time and money with Rhino Egg Hay Tools. Check out the new hay tools at rhinoegg.com. Do you know what many top race car teams use for small radiator leaks? It's Justice Brothers Radiator Stop Leak. Effective insurance that keeps them in the middle of competition. Proven under the toughest racing conditions. And it works the same way in your car. Justice Brothers Radiator Stop Leak stops leaks and radiators and blocks sealing the leak while you drive. And it won't clog the cooling system. It mixes with all antifreeze and coolants. Take the advice of top race teams. Use Justice Brothers Radiator Stop Leak. Welcome back here on The Dirt Show, and it is always a pleasure to be joined by John McCorkle from Fairmont Raceway. And John, we survived 2020. What a challenging year for everyone, especially event promoters. You know, you say that, but uh, the way 2020 went for us, we had a great season at Fairmont Raceway. Uh, You know, with the pandemic, I think a lot of it had to do with towards the end of the season, a lot of race fans wanted to get out and do something, and we had some creative promotions that seemed to spike people's interest. The other thing, you know, we've got really big bleachers at Fairmont, so I think with the social distancing, people were able to feel comfortable and able to spread out. And, you know, as the season went on, quite surprisingly, we had just a phenomenal August last season. And I attribute some of it to a lot of the town festivals, fairs not happening and people just wanting to do something. So we're kind of hoping we can build on that uh, here at Fairmont Raceway with what we did in the 2020 season and have just as good of a 2021 season. John, I agree with you. Some of the tracks we went to, I saw people that I've never seen at the races that I know. And it was because racing was really the only outside event going on. So they said, hey, let's get out and try this. And I've seen them back at the same tracks multiple times. We've seen that at Fairmont as well. You know, one thing that we're doing this year that's been met with optimism and some some negativity in some areas, we're moving back to Friday nights which is our traditional night, and just a few years ago, there was kind of some moving around of tracks and what nights they were on. Jackson was doing some Friday night stuff with the IMCA classes, and they were going to go Friday night, so Fairmont ended up going Saturday night. And we've run Saturday nights for a couple of years, and we've had quite a bit of success on our Saturday night program, but a lot of our bigger sponsors and a lot of Fairmont fans really would prefer to see the racing at Fairmont Raceway on Friday nights 
Well, I was kind of in the midst of trying to figure out what to do, and we did, we're doing a driver survey, and the drivers were about 50-50. It seems like the drivers that we have that are from Fairmont, most of them would prefer Friday, but drivers that we have that aren't from Fairmont that race with us preferred Saturdays. Well, kind of in the midst of trying to figure out what we were going to do, and I was had this survey going where the drivers and fans were letting us know what they think. Well, the fair board kind of came in and said, well, here's the deal. We've got a lot of events that you know, when I came and approached them about doing a Saturday program, they kind of thought, well, we don't have a ton of options, so let's let's try the Saturday thing. But they really would prefer Fridays because they have a lot of weddings and that type of thing and other activities non-racing that they do at the fairgrounds. So Friday works better for them. So they kind of told me, you know, if you're at all thinking about it, you really need to do it because long term, we need to be a Friday track. And I was I was 50-50 anyway. So we kind of thought, well, if that's the case, let's just go Fridays and see what happens, you know. So we've got, we've actually been gaining some sponsor support. The racers, there's a few of them that are not in favor of Friday nights. But, you know, anytime you mix stuff up a little bit, you're going to have some of that. One accomplishment that came out of 2020 was the Fairmont Bullring getting completed and getting some racing events in there. Yeah, well, we actually, the end of the 2019 season, we got the Beamer Bouldering up and running. And for those that don't know, that's a little go-kart track that we constructed down in turns one and two. So last year, although the first year we ran eight events, it was all within the last about eight weeks of the season and not even we we're doing all sorts of events. Unfortunately for the Bouldering, which things have went great, but last year, you know, with a late start, its schedule has been kind of a hodgepodge the last two years with putting events wherever we could get them in. Uh, this year, we're kind of settling in on Sunday and hoping to get a little bit more consistency with one. So we're kind of running every other weekend, kind of teaming up with the Blue Earth Track, uh, the Golden Spike Speedway over there to go uh, try to cross-promote with the same classes and, and that kind of thing. So it, it's been going great. We've got a ton of young kids into it. I know what I told people when we first built that, the plan was to get young people into racing. And then we've tried to hit on the other end of things, you know, uh, get some of our great history back coming to the track so we've done the racing reunions the last two years last year's racing reunion for the drivers of the decade from the 1980s we had an event planned and then covid next the off-season part of that we just took what was part of that event and just had a race night of it now this year we're maybe going to give that a break and just concentrate on our hall of fame night i know you've looked at the guys getting in what do you think of some of the names getting in on the hall of fame claim there are some amazing drivers and the people who have already been inducted into your Hall of Fame. It is amazing, the talent at Fairmont Raceway. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of turned into one of our bigger promotions every year. Now, the guys that are getting in this year in our Hall of Fame night is coming right up. It's on Friday, June 11th. The guys that are getting inducted this year, Marv DeWall, long-time sprint car guy, but people forget how it the early day modifieds, how they went back and forth quite a bit, and the modifieds of that era developed into what the sprint cars were. But Marv, great racer from back in the late 60s, 70s here at Fairmont Raceway. Gary Sadoff from right here in Fairmont. And for those that don't know, of course, that is Luke's dad, so he's getting in. And then the Stubers, Todd Stuber, Mark Stuber, putting them in together, drove the 18 and 19 Fairmont cars, just kind of synonymous with Fairmont Raceway. I think Todd was number 18 back in the day, and Mark was number 19. 
but great, great guys and very competitive cars back in that 80s and 90s era. And then Terry Hanning from down in Armstrong, Iowa. Terry, you know, in my early years promoting over at Jackson, supported us over there quite a bit, but dominant car here at the Fairmont Raceway. And then uh, also every year we try to get either a track worker or some of the unsung heroes that really spend a lot of time and a lot of time, you know, don't get the recognition that they deserve. Um, So we try to find one. And this year, Richard Menyon from Truman is getting in. Everybody calls him Punk, and that's Devin Menyon. A lot of guys know Devin, and Carl is the record guys here at Fairmont Raceway. That would be Devin's father, and he still comes to the races just about every week, so it's really fun when some of these older guys are still involved with the program, when you're able to give them some recognition, when they can understand it and enjoy it, and they're still around, you know, so that's always, always a lot of fun and really looking forward to June 11th. Tuesday, June 22nd, you're hosting a stock car special, and stock cars on Fairmont Raceway are awesome. On Tuesday, June 22nd, a part of what we're doing on that particular date and why it's on that particular date is we've got these 10,000 to win stock car shows up in northern Minnesota, stock car and AMODs, actually. So, you know, sometimes you can say, well, we'll better come up with something pretty good if we're going to try to keep our guys at home, or you can just kind of tip your hat and say, you know what, if you if you guys are willing to throw those kind of purses up there, why don't we try to do something a little different and just stay off of it? And, you know, it seems like the dynamics of the racing world, last year we, we've had great luck the last couple of years with midweek specials, and it makes a lot of sense. Guys race their weekly tracks, and if you want to throw some bigger money stuff together to try to get some more cars, why not try it a midweek? Well, in that particular case, it makes a lot of sense for a number of reasons. The fair board, of course, has some stuff going on that weekend, so they're with the before-mentioned weddings and stuff, we're coordinating with them when they can have weekends and trying to pick out when it makes a lot of sense. That's also the Sprint Car Nationals, the World of Outlaw Nationals over at Jackson. So, you know, we try to pick out dates that make sense and a schedule that makes sense. That's kind of why some people have said, you know, moving to Fridays this year, but you're opening on Monday, Memorial Day Monday. That's kind of interesting. And it's this kind of the same thing. It's like, well, there wasn't a lot going on, and we want to try to, you know, for your, for your special events when you've got a little bit more money on the line, try to come up with something that gives all the racers a chance to hit it. You know, and it's never a perfect system, but if you can come up with what makes the most sense for the most people, generally speaking, not only does it help your track, it might help racing in general. So we try to try to schedule stuff smart, and it doesn't always work out, but we try to at least be aware of what's going on and what dates make the most sense to try to do special events. The month of August is amazing at Fairmont Raceway, full of great specials. Wednesday night, August 4th, the Mod Special, August 13th, the Memorial. The fair races on August 20th are always a great time, and the Bacon Town Showdown, August 27th. Fans should be at each one of those. Yeah, I'll tell you what, interesting you bring up August, because my long-term, this is my 18th year promoting, but the three years I was out of it after Todd had bought us out of Jackson, you know, we were still involved, still working at, you know, both tracks, and, you know, realistically, I've been doing this, you know, almost 30 years with working at these racetracks, but after all the dust has kind of settled on looking back at my overall opinion on stuff, April and May are always kind of difficult because the weather can cooperate sometimes. And and don't get me wrong, you can have very nice nights. But by and large, I've settled into really liking June and July as my race months because if you're not fighting weather, you get a lot more chance to get a lot more people that are going to come out. And, you know, you get into May and you got prom and graduation and farming and all that kind of stuff. And then 
I used to think, well, you get into August and there's so many specials and football starts and last minute vacations that I used to not like August. And maybe it was because I used to run Jackson and you got Knoxville in there. And after Knoxville, the sprint car people kind of are done for the year. Well, at Fairmont, we've been able to have some pretty good August events. And part of it starts with the fair, which we were always running the fair on Friday night anyway, because again, the fair board, that's the night that they really preferred if the, what they usually have a big concert on Saturday. But, you know, last year we had the race for Trace, which was for Trace Iverson in August. And that was one of these midweek dates. And that was kind of through the roof. And then the Baconton Showdown, uh, you know, I tell you what, the Fairmont faithful, they really like this Tri-State Late Model Series. And we had that the week after what would have been the fair week last year. And um, we also had a memorial race for Jim Kelly and Arvin Seidel's on top of that last year, which that race was just phenomenal. So it's like, well, we want to try to keep as much of those things together for the week after the fair, because overall, one of my best nights I've ever had. So August, uh, I'm really pretty optimistic that at Fairmont anyway, you know, and we're with the starting out with that August 6th date, you know, there again, we're trying to stay off of there's Deer Creek, Harris Clash on the Tuesday, and then on Thursday and Friday, they've got the Night of a Thousand Stars down at Brit. So it just makes sense to try to stay off of other specials while trying to have your own event that uh, hopefully you can get a good car count too. John, how can fans find out more about Fairmont Raceway? Well, FairmontRaceway.com, of course, will always have the master schedule and the results. But anymore with social media, Facebook is where I post a lot of stuff and updates or if something's coming up. So our Facebook page is really almost better, dare I say, than the website because we put more up-to-date stuff and some of our giveaways and contests and that kind of stuff. And I've kind of found that sometimes people just like to know what I'm thinking, too. If it's like, well, hey, we're thinking about doing this. We can get some really good feedback from our fans right on Facebook. You know, we've got 10,000 followers, and a lot of those are racers, attendees, sponsors. So I would say Facebook is probably the best place to go to check out what the latest events are at Fairmont Raceway. I also want to plug, we've got these three IMCA races over at Jackson Speedway that I'm going to be promoting as well. So not only do we have some of the midweek stuff at Fairmont Raceway, and we'll be posting a lot of those cross things with the IMCA type classes at Fairmont. We're not sanctioned this year, but yeah, so getting involved uh, even more so over at the Jackson Motorplex, trying to put on some really good IMCA events over there. And then fans can grab some of those smothered chili cheese fries with jalapenos that your wife makes. Yeah, well, we're doing the concessions at the Motorplex for all events and, of course, at Fairmont for all events because it's our deal. But yeah, so I know at Jackson last year, they had some of their events got nixed because of COVID, so some of our Jackson faithful are pretty anxious to get at those chili cheese fries, no doubt about it. John, thank you for being with us. All right, thanks. Have a good day. Wolf & Sons Yard Service has heavy equipment. This is Scott Wolf. Whether you need a basement dug, a building removed, footings for a remodel, an RV camper or boat pad, rock, sand, or dirt hauled, or even a driveway or parking lot road graded, call 455-3524. Why would you use anything but the latest technology in packing products when it comes to shipping your business products? Foam Craft Packaging in Owatonna provides a complete line of packaging materials, including foam products, pallets, crates, corrugated boxes, and much, much more. See all of our different packaging options at foamcraftpackaging.com or call 507-455-2893. 
That's 507-455-2893. Aero Race Wheels was established on the conviction that its dedicated staff could provide higher quality wheels designed specifically to endure the tough requirements and conditions of the racing industry. Most importantly, the wheels need to be manufactured and sold, maintaining an affordable price structure. Aero Racing Wheels has become the largest premier steel wheel supplier, and their product line speaks for itself. Upgrade your racing game today at aeroracewheels.com. Hey everyone, this is Chad Weir's Weir's Machine and Racing Products with today's tech tip. Today we're going to talk about our engine and rear end lift handles. These are a real nice piece we've been making for quite a few years. One end has a 3 8 coarse thread stud and the other one is drilled and tapped 5 8 coarse thread. So you can thread four of these into your engine and you and three of your homeboys can carry an engine around or you put two on each side of the rear end and then you and another guy can carry a rear end around very easily. Real nice trick tool, available at Weirsmachine.com. As always, check us out online at Weirsmachine.com. Thank you. Let me tell you, friends, about our store. It's a great place we call Miners Outdoor. Miners Outdoor, your total source Husqvarna dealer in Blooming Prairie, has everything your yard needs. From chainsaws, leaf blowers, and weed trimmers to zero-turn mowers and everything in between. That's what being your Husqvarna Total Source dealer is all about. Stop in today to see the best selection in quality Husqvarna outdoor power equipment. That's Miners Outdoor, Highway 218, Blooming Prairie. Miners Outdoor, Major Tough. If you're in need of a worry-free power lift door, then you'll want to stop and talk with Rod French. Make a statement with a PowerLift architectural door on your home or cabin. PowerLift doors can be retrofitted to fit an existing door opening or designed into your next commercial, agricultural, livestock, or aircraft hangar build. Stylish, functional, and built to last. PowerLift doors by French's Manufacturing are made locally in Dodge Center, Minnesota by their experienced craftsmen. Contact Kelly or Rod. PowerLift doors by French's Manufacturing. 374-9306. Welcome back to the sponsor segment here on the Dirt Show, and it is always a pleasure to be down at Trimble's Honda in Austin, Minnesota. And Jeff, last year we talked a little bit about the old Moore County Fair races in Austin, watching Ole Brua and Gerhard Wollenberg and Dave Bjorgi. The towns like Cass and Arlington, Worthington, and Fairmont that still have a chance to have fair races they're very lucky because those days were special. Yeah, you know, the Mauer County Fair had a heck of a fast half-mile track. The only problem is it's right near in the center of town, and people finally got fed up with the Dust Bowl every fair race they had there. The races they had there were phenomenal. It was a real fast half-mile, long straightaways, tight corners. The problem was the track wasn't run often enough in the 70s and 80s, so it turned into just a Dust Bowl and hard to maintain. As you always say when the weather warms up, it gets really busy here at Trimble's Honda. Trimble's Honda still has the best on-hand accessory shop I've seen. If riders are in the area, they really need to stop by and check out everything you have on hand because it is impressive. We've always tried to stock a complete line of basically safety apparel, accessories for the machine, of course, with these times we're in right now with COVID and all, there is a shortage. I'm sure people see it everywhere they go. We're doing the best we can. We've already run out of certain items and not to be able to replace for this year. So hopefully things will straighten out in the next few months and get back to somewhat normal. What is new for 2021 for the Honda street bikes? Well, the new Goldwing came out there three years ago, completely redesigned. And they just keep improving on it. We have a new Rebel 1100 this year, which is a cruiser, kind of a bobber-look bike. And we still have the complete line of Rebel 300s and 500s. 
They're always improving on all their dirt bike line, coming up with new innovative features on it. The problem is getting the product this year is a problem. What is new for 2021 for the Honda off-road or race bikes? Well, the CRF450 is our flagship off-road race bike. They made several improvements to it this year, always making it faster, always finding little refinement improvements with the hydraulic clutch. There again, can't hardly get any of them, but uh, if we can get them, they would sell. Parts and service for what you sell. Trimble's Honda has a huge parts inventory in stock, and you also service what you sell right here at Trimble's. It's always busy in the back. We have three and four guys going wide open back there, really, and especially this time of year up into July or August before it really starts to slow up a little bit. But we've been at it for so long that we know what to stock, what bikes need what, when they need it. We have a lot of parts on hand. We do the best we can. There's a lot of things we can't get as quick as we'd like. But being we've been around so long, somebody that has a little bit older, you know, 20, 25, 30-year-old motorcycle, we know what to do to it, and we usually have it on hand to take care of it. Hondas have always had a reputation for reliability. I bet you see some fairly old units come in here that are still being used and still on the road. I tell you what, if it was made by Honda in the 60s, 70s, 80s, if they hadn't been run for a while, you can all, they'll always run again. The Honda motors are just unbelievable for longevity. They're not always the fastest one out there, but they definitely are the most reliable. UTVs have become a huge part of your business because you literally see them everywhere. Down here, it's a lot of farming UTV, but we're getting more and more recreational riders because of the way the state law is written. written they, can, they can operate them on the county and township roads, so they make somewhat recreation out of it. We're lacking in a trail system, but it's got to be where people with UTVs are just like with the snowmobiles. They load them up on a trailer and they find a place to go ride. When I was down here during February, we were already talking about availability. You basically said if you see something you want, buy it, because it isn't going to be there when you come back. You know, that's been a huge issue. I have to turn down two to three to maybe five people a day that are calling for a unit. And the problem is, you know, they can't just order it. And I said, no, Honda knows what they can build because of availability for components. So Honda tells us what we get. As of this moment, we're sold out of UTVs into June. Don't know when we're going to have any more. ATVs is in the same scenario. And that's basically people are finding out that they should have grabbed it when they had the chance because it's going to be months before we have anything back in stock. I'm sure with the availability issue, the good quality used equipment doesn't sit around in inventory very long. Well, I think you're seeing it in just about everything with a motor on it, automobiles, trucks, uh, even campers now. You know, the resale value is just skyrocketed on this stuff, and people are getting what they're asking for it because they can't find a new one anywhere. So it's a good time for people with used products if they want to sell them. How can they find out more about Trimble's Honda here in Austin? Well, like everybody, we do now have a Facebook page, but Trimbles.com is one way to reach us. It has all our contact info on it, or you can call us up anytime at 507-437-6661. Jeff, thank you for all you do, and thank you for being here on The Dirt Show today. 
Thank you, Clay, and keep up the good work with your dirt show. When it comes to choosing your next industrial, commercial, residential, or ag electrician, choose Coles Electric, offering pole setting, directional boring, underground trenching, boom truck service, security systems, and much more. If you're a Steel Wasika co-op member, there are excellent incentives for installing a solar array with quick payback and years of reliable service. Planning, design completion, or emergency service, see ColesElectric.com or 507 451-1387. Whether it's in the name of love, hammer time, or just your old-fashioned red light, you will be able to stop dependably with Napa Brakes from Napa Auto Parts. This month, you'll get a $50 prepaid Visa card by mail with a qualifying Napa Brakes purchase of $250 or more. And there are more price breaks where that came from. Take on a bit of spring cleaning with these savings up to 29% on select Armor All products. Plenty more on sale throughout May, so stop by Napa today. Played bumper tag lately? No matter how your car gets damaged, Midwest Collision will make sure it gets fixed right and on time. No shortcuts, no compromises. And remember, where you get your car repaired is not your insurance company's decision. It's yours. So make the right choice. Choose your locally owned and operated Midwest Collision. Give Bob a call today at 332-2434. That's 332-2434. Welcome back to our special segment here on the Dirt Show brought to you by Cookies Barbecue Sauces and Seasonings. And as always, I'm joined by Speed the Sauce Man. And there's something else that can go on a hamburger bun that tastes pretty good during the summer right off the grill. And that's a well-grilled chicken breast, right, Speed? Oh, you got that right, Clean. What I like to do on a chicken breast, you know, a lot of times if they're truly chicken breast, not a formed piece of white meat in chicken, but the breast, it's a lot thicker on one end than the other. And what I like to do is just slip in a Ziploc bag and then pound it down to where it's all about the same thickness. That way you don't end up with a dry part and a barely done part. What I like to do then is, while it's still in the bag there yet, is I dump a little bit of cookies, wings and things, hot sauce in with it and let it sit and marinate in that hot sauce for about, oh, 15 minutes to a half an hour works real good. And then slide it out of there and put it on your grill and then sprinkle a little bit of cookies flavor enhancer and all-purpose seasoning on it and just grill that thing up to 165-degree internal temp there on the meat on that one. Get that thing just up to that and take it off and throw it on a nice fresh hamburger bun. And then what I like to do is throw a nice slice or two of provolone cheese on there with that. And then I drizzle a little bit more wings and things, hot sauce on it. And I'll tell you what, if you want to, you can throw a piece of lettuce on there with it. But I'll tell you what, you talk about a good Chick-fil-A sandwich. I mean, that thing is really great. And I'll tell you what, you'll have people crowding around wanting more. Absolutely. If you ever want to find out how many friends you have at the racetrack, just throw on your cookies apron and open up your grill. Yeah, isn't that funny? That's just kind of like a chick magnet. It just draws them all right over there to you. And for these and other great recipes, just go to cookiesbbq.com and just make sure you stay in the sauce. The Sauce America loves to eat cookies, that is. Speed, keep grilling, and thanks for being with us here on The Dirt Show. 
You betcha. Have a good one, Clay. At Land Pros, our team of brokers and auctioneers specialize in farmland sales, live land auctions, and online land auctions across the Midwest with total sales of 190,000 acres. At Land Pros, you get a team of land professionals going to work for you. We pride ourselves on providing local service and knowledge with national marketing and results. If you're thinking of buying or selling, contact Land Pros agent JJ Wise at 641-420-SELL or go to landpros.com. That's L-A-N-D-P-R-O-Z.com. Welcome to the Dirt Track segment brought to you by Cookie Sauces and Seasonings. Last Thursday night, May 6th, they got the opener in at Kasuth County Speedway in Algona, Iowa. In the Sport Mod A main, Matthew Loaf over Gerald Curry. In the stock cars, it was Kelly Shryock over Chad Palmer. In the hobby stocks, Carter Coop over Chris Krug. In the modified A main, Brandon Beckendorf over Nick Meyer. And in the Sport Compacts, Katie DeVries over Jaden Erickson. Friday night, May 7th, they were racing at Hancock County Speedway in Britt, Iowa. In the modified A-Main, Jeremy Mills making it three times in a row over Brandon Beckendorf. In the sport mods, Alex Fett over Alex Smith. In the stock cars, Kelly Shryock over Heath Talp. In the hobby stocks, Josh Seidels over Brandon Nielsen. In the sport compacts, Lucas Parsons over Max Heimbunch. Chateau Speedway got their opener in Friday night, May 7th. In the USRA B-Mods, Cole Suckow over Noah Grinstead. In A-Mods, Jason Cummins over Charlie Steinberg. In the Peer Stocks, Andrew Eichens over Michael Wick. In the Street Stock A-Main, Braden Brower over Corey Adams. In the Hornets, Daniel Knish over Justin Sklitsky. In the Midwest Modifieds, Caden Kath over Jason Vandekamp. And in the Super Stocks, Dan Nasulke over Spencer Stock. The UMSS Wing Sprint Cars were at Eagle Valley Speedway on Friday night, May 7th. In the A-Main, Mark Chevalier over Trevor Redding. And in the non-wing traditional sprint cars, Cam Schaefer over Blake Anderson. Friday night, May 7th, was also night one of the Dairyland Showdown at Mississippi Thunder Speedway in Fountain City, Wisconsin. In the modified A-Main, Corey Motter over Corey Crasper. And in the World of Outlaw Late Model A-Main, Brandon Shepard over Brent Larson. Night 2, Saturday night, May 8th, of the Dairyland Showdown at Mississippi Thunder Speedway. In the modified A-Main, Dustin Sorensen over Jake O'Neill. And in a World of Outlaw A-Main, Chris Madden over Ryan Gustin. Deer Creek Speedway was also racing on Saturday night, May 8th. In the modified A-Main, Brandon Davis over Ryan Wettstein. In the USRA B-Mods, Jim Chisholm over Joe Chisholm. In the Super Stocks, Ryan Wyom over Brandon Duelman. In the Street Stocks, Braden Brower over Zach Elward. In the Midwest Modified A-Main. And in the Midwest Modified A-Main, it was Caden Kath over Billy Steinberg. Viking Speedway was also racing on Saturday, May 8th, their season opener. In the Midwest Modified A-Main, Travis Sauer over Brock Gronwald. In the Modifieds, Dustin Bitson over Brady Gertis. In the Street Stocks, Ryan Sater over Justin Vogel. And in the Super Stocks, Trevor Sauer over Matt Miller. Ogilvy Raceway was also racing on Saturday night, May 8th. In the Hornets, it was Matthew Dittman over Justin Sklitsky. In the Midwest Modifieds, Zach Benson over Ashley Merworth. In the Mod 4s, Dustin Holquist over Tommy Pagonas. In the Modified A-Main, Shane Sabraski over Jeremy Nelson. In the Street Stocks, Parker Anderson over Dustin Doty. And in the Super Stock A-Main, Shane Sabraski over Dave Mott. 
Moss. Arlington Raceway also got their opener in on Saturday, May 8th. In the IMCA Hobby Stock feature, Matt Olson over Corey Probst. In the Sport Compacts, Marshall Robinson over Justin Dosey. In the Sport Mods, Zach Davis over Matthew Loaf. In the Modified A-Main, Brandon Beckendorf over Trevor Loverud. In the Outlaw Hobby Stock Division, Carl Hewitt Jr. over Rodney Manthe. In the Sprint Cars, it was Brandon Allen over Trevor Service. And in the Stock Cars, Jeff Larson over Dan McEnthune. May 8th, the UMSS Wing Sprint Cars were at Eagle Valley Speedway. Chase Vbrock taking a checkered flag over Mark Chevalier. And Saturday night, May 8th, the IRA 410 Wing Sprint Cars were running at Cedar Lake Speedway. In the A-Main, it was Brooke Tantnell over Jake Blackhurst. And also the UMSS Traditional Non-Wing Sprint Cars were racing. In the feature, it was Harry Hansen over Brad Peterson. Hi, this is Harvey West, and you've been listening to The Dirt Show. See you at the races.